The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. We'll get to some more of your comments regarding that last conversation that we had talking about cannabis, uh, marijuana, and uh, the legalization of it, which is, what, 11 months away now. Um, lots of texts coming in, um, some quite accusatory, some uh, t- towards me, some towards Jody Emery. Lots of people weighing in on this one. But right now, it is Monday, and on Mondays at 3.30, it is time for another edition of the hoot. Hello. Hello, Todd. We were just playing a little bit of music for you, teeing you up a little bit. Oh, hi. <laughs> uh, on Friday, Statistics Canada announced another good report uh, for the Canadian economy, with the GDP having grown for the sixth month in a row. Um, as usual, we're going to find out more in this week's edition of The Hoot. We're joined by Todd Hirsch, a senior economist at ATB Financial. Hi, Todd. Hello, Jalen. There you go. Sorry about that. We uh, we did things a little bit backwards there and threw, threw you off a little bit. Let's start with this, Todd. Tell us, what is the GDP? Well, it's a good topic to uh, talk about every now and then because we hear a lot about the GDP. And I think there's often some confusion about what exactly it is or what it represents. The GDP, it stands for the Gross Domestic Product. And really what it is, it's a tool that statisticians and economists use to gauge the size of the overall economy. It's basically Stats Canada's best guess at the value added of all the goods and services that is produced in the economy each month. But it is only a, it's the only tool we have really to gauge how the economy is doing. And uh, politicians and economists and, and journalists, we all kind of hang on these mm-hmm. uh, reports every so often. Is the GDP growing or not? So it's a, it's a good topic to uh, get into. So, Todd, you said it's, um, you know, the best guess. Yeah. And I think that, that is, that's important couple of words there, the best guess. What are the challenges with measuring it? Well, there are real challenges measuring it. And it is important to remember this is only an estimate. We don't really know. And that's not to slag my friends at Statistics Canada. In <laughs> fact, I think they do an excellent job with the, the tools that they have. But when they measure the GDP, the the metaphor that I like to use, it's sort of like trying to gauge somebody's height using only their shadow. (laughs) Now, you might think, well, that's actually really straightforward and easy to do, and you can get an accurate measure of of somebody's height by, by looking at their shadow. But then consider, okay, the person you're trying to measure is constantly moving around, and every so often a cloud obscures the sun. And the sun, in fact, is shifting position, and you're trying to do this over a period of time. Well, then you can see how measuring your height using a shadow is not as straightforward as you think. And when Stats Canada tries to measure the GDP, they rely on a whole... There's an army of of, uh, statisticians in Ottawa that are tasked each month with trying to do this. They rely on on survey information. They rely on whatever... uh, uh, industry reports that are available. They rely on uh, contacting uh, industries and contacting companies and asking them questions about their production. But at the end of the day, it is just an estimate. Okay, and, and the concept of the GDP was developed after World War One, if I remember correctly, and a lot has changed with economy since then. So what does yeah. that, what, what kind of trick does that play in the whole thing? 
Yeah, you're right. It was developed in the 1920s by British economists and then was very quickly taken over by uh, other industrialized countries. But back in the 20s and in that interwar period, uh, more of, of what we produced in our economy was on the goods side. And it was easy to count and, and sort of estimate how many apples did your economy produce or how many tanks or how many automobiles or how many, you know, whatever it was you were producing, bushels of wheat. And they were sort of, on the good side, it was easier to count and tabulate. But what, of course, has happened over the last nearly 100 years is that industrialized countries like Canada, our economies have shifted much more to the service side. Mm -hmm. And that is harder to measure, almost by definition, because we're no longer counting how many bushels of wheat did you produce, but how much value in, say, financial services or in the entertainment industry did you produce? There it gets more difficult and challenging to measure, especially because some of these things are are kind of moving targets as they evolve. Huh, interesting. Okay, and you suggest to not put too much emphasis on it. Then what what should we be keeping a close eye on? Well, I know it is tempting to, and uh, economists were our own worst enemies because we're the ones who are always talking about growth and the GDP and and, you know, my group at ATB Financial, we put together a quarterly outlook for GDP growth. So we're sort of victims or we're, we're maybe part of the problem. I, I'm, I don't want to suggest that we don't look at the GDP, but when we gauge the overall health of the economy, the GDP is one thing. I actually like to look at labor market indicators okay. to get a better sense of how people are feeling about the economy. Because if you're without work, it doesn't really help much to hear on the radio some economists talk about, <laughs> oh, the GDP growth in May was, you know, the six months in a row and strong, you know, economic growth. I think labor market indicators give a much better indicator of what citizens or what people are actually experiencing in the economy. I think it's very easy to become overwhelmed. And if, and if you're not very familiar with um, economics and, and, you know, the sort of work that, that you do, Absolutely. Todd, you can get overwhelmed and just really just rather, and, and I'll be honest with you, at times I just, I'm, I'm blank staring. I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. So, you Well, and another, another way that GDP can lead us astray is that not all economic activity is what we would like to see. Great example, everyone in Alberta understands this. The forest fires in Fort McMurray mm-hmm. last May, May of 2016. Well, that actually did lead to a boost in the gross domestic product because there was more spending on new homes being built mm-hmm. and repairing buildings and, and building new buildings in Fort McMurray. All of that generated spending activity. But, of course, you don't need a Ph.D. in economics to understand that rebuilding something that's burnt down yeah. is not exactly what you'd rather be spending money on. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. not the right kind of GDP. And if we just look at GDP growth, we might conclude from that, well, maybe we should just burn down more cities. And, of course, <laughs> that's not what we would do at all. No. So, you know, take some of those things like the GDP, like labor market numbers, all of these things, put them together and, and kind of you see how they all form as I, I guess as a as a ball and work together and, and see what they're all telling you not just one separately that's right. okay that's right the GDP is one indicator but it's important to look at a broad range to get a better sense of what's really happening I want to talk to you about the Canadian dollar check it out 80 yeah. cents right around 80 cents and I was reading today what it was 73 cents in May up what's that 10 percent since May what's yeah. going on 
Well, it's kind of making uh, an embarrassment of me and a lot of other economists, because if uh, any of your listeners out there would have heard me talk back in April or May, I would have said, oh, the Canadian dollar isn't going to go anywhere. It's going to stick probably around 72 or 74 cents. But I always did add with the caveat, unless we saw something surprising from the Bank of Canada or the U.S. Federal Reserve, and that actually in June and July is what we did see. We saw a very surprising uh, change in tone from our friends at the Bank of Canada, now actively raising interest rates. They raised interest rates in July. They're still talking that another interest rate increase in October is likely. And that all was not the talk at all back in April or May. So when you do see a shift in tone from central banks, now the Bank of Canada raising interest rates, that signals to international investors that, oh, well, if you want better returns, interest rates in Canada are going to be going up. And that signals to them to buy Canadian dollar assets. (laughs) So that's why we're seeing this sudden and surprising strength in the Canadian dollar. Uh, over the last couple of months. Hey, we'll take it. That's not, not yeah, bad no. at all. Um, and just I wanted to touch on this as well. Uh, this week in the Owl, or late last week in the Owl, um, there were some numbers about the take-home pay of employed Albertans. Uh, it rose in May. That was the first year-over-year increase in a long time. But, can you explain that? Yeah, there's always a but, it seems, with economics. It is good that year-over-year wages are now growing in Alberta. The but is a year ago was probably the, the lowest point of Alberta in the recession. So it's another sign that we are recovering. But it's not, that's only year over year. If you compare it to where wages were back in 2014, say for example, before the recession, wages then were still higher. So they, they came down for two years in a row. Now, year over year, they're showing some increase, and that's positive. But it would be wrong to conclude that we're back to the good old days. Mm-hmm. Uh, wages are still below uh, where they were uh, prior to the recession. And the labor market overall is still struggling to recover. Were there some categories that were doing better than others? You know, I don't have those numbers right <laughs> okay. off the top of my head. Um, but I could get those maybe and talk about those uh, in next Monday in, in on the hoot. No, no worries at all. I knew I was going to throw that at you uh, this afternoon. So, hey, Todd, always great to talk to you. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. It's always a pleasure, Jaylen. Have a good afternoon. Yeah, you too, Todd Hirsch, the senior economist at ATB Financial, in another edition of The Hoot. Want to circle back around to that conversation that we had with? Well, actually, I think it was more the conversation that Jody Emery had um, just talking. Um, but yeah, uh, very passionate about what she's doing. Some of you not really appreciative of her message. Others saying, "Yeah, okay, let's let's get on let's get on with this." Uh, some of your texts coming in this afternoon says recreational cannabis will create thousands of jobs, and we're looking at the you know the big uh, medicinal uh, marijuana build going on uh, just on on the edge of town. I know I have friends of mine who are actually thinking of getting into it somehow opening up a, opening up a shop. I don't know how that works and, you know, how the, the process is going to go. Again, that um, Alberta, Government of Alberta survey is up online at alberta.ca forward slash cannabis for the next 12 minutes or so. Now, to do the full thing, to answer all of the questions, they say it takes about 30 minutes, but you can go in, there's little subsections about, um, you know, where should it be sold, what age um, should uh, it be uh, legal to, to, to use cannabis, all of those, and some of those are much shorter. I filled out one of them probably today in, in less than 10 minutes, 
So if you're interested in that, alberta.ca forward slash cannabis. Some of your texts. I work in mental health, and I can tell you that a large percentage of the clients that I work with on a daily basis utilize marijuana and other illicit street drugs on a regular basis. These drugs cause psychosis that in turn result in frequent hospitalization, those costing, uh, thus costing the system an enormous amount of money. If marijuana is legalized, there will be more need for mental health beds in a system that doesn't have enough as it is. Um, Okay, um, I don't know, and, and I'll be honest with you, I've, I've smoked pot a couple of times in, in my life, didn't like it, haven't done it in, in years now, um, but at no time did I suffer psychosis from it, was not seeing, you know, all that sort of stuff. I know other people who have used different kinds of drugs and have, you know, and, you know acid or whatever it is and, and seen, you know, cartoon ducks and, you know, that sort of thing. Um, Again, I, I wonder about the people that you're that you're working with then in the street drugs. But uh, yeah, and someone says marijuana causes psychosis. Come on, yeah, I, I don't know uh, that I've read anything ever that says that marijuana causes psychosis. Uh, but again, I'm not an expert in this. I'm reading what you're texting in here this afternoon. It says a pot makes everything better: sex, sleep, pain, appetite. I've been smoking it for 40 years. Most of my friends have too. Never lost a friend who smoked to cancer. It's God's gift. Man made booze. God made pot. Who do you trust? How about this one for? Whomever thinks cannabis does not have harmful effects should just listen to that last segment on 6.30, Chet. Not the one with Todd Hirsch, the one prior to that with Jody Emery. Let's make that clear. Um, even though it was called The Hoot, we did, it's, it's actually the, the one prior before the 3.30 news. How can you justify that she broke the law at a criminal level and now because it's legalized, she should be pardoned for her act? It's the law for a reason whether you agree with it or not. Whether you're pro-cannabis or not, that argument is childish childish this one says most of your comments are ignorant pot slash weed is not the same as cannabis do your research learn some history most people are going to comment on this have never smoked any of it 90 percent of society uses cannabis but only 10 percent of those 90 percent really i doubt it but this fellow saying 90 percent of society uses cannabis but only 10 percent of those are ignorant and sloppy enough to abuse it you think people that drink martinis have more class than beer drinkers but they're both alcoholics <coughs> all righty then uh some more of your texts coming in this afternoon <coughs> excuse me was a police officer for many years zero domestic violence um, caused by pot thousands caused by booze greg says same old baloney with this issue let oh hold on a second folks all right one of us got a bit of a cold when we were on holidays so just had a little bit of a coughing fit there sorry about that Craig texted in and said, same old baloney with this issue. Let people smoke it without criminal or personal judgment. I can't stand drinkers and would rather be with smokers than drinkers any day of the week. We need to let go of the Cheech and Chong stereotype. And I responded back and I said, you know what, I think though for a lot of folks that Cheech and Chong stereotype, that's all that they know or something from that 70s show, the 70s pothead. That's what a lot of people think about. And I know for a fact that that's not the case everywhere. Um, I know lots of people that use uh 
cannabis that smoke marijuana whether they use medical marijuana they're they're using um edibles whatever it is and you wouldn't know it you wouldn't know it um so i i agree with you by saying on the let's go uh, let go of the cheech and chong stereotype i agree with you on that one the problem is a lot of folks um just don't know about it or probably have not used maybe some of you have tried chadville how many you text me at 6 30 have you tried have you used it have you never used it will you use it uh legal age for pot tobacco and alcohol should be raised back to 21 years of age um you know she had mentioned about the 16 uh years of age for uh use for legal use I, personally i think 16 is is too young i already you know, we know that there's 14, 15, 16-year-olds already using pot. Um, but legally, I'm, I'm not sure that that should be the case. Will it make any difference? I don't know. I like the idea of the same as alcohol, 18 or 19 years of age. Alberta Pete's on the phone. Hey. Hey, how are you? Well, I'm trying not to cough my head off here. Pete, what's on your mind? Talk for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, joint might ease it up. Yeah, yeah, apparently. You're not the first one to say that. Oh, okay. We all think alike. <laughs> uh, my comment is basically about that lady or whoever commented that, oh, if uh, why should uh, convict someone convicted with, say, possession or something in the past be forgiven now because it's going to be legal? <clears throat> my answer to that is let's keep equality equal. Trudeau just announced that anybody that was charged as, uh, you know, being gay or sodomy or things like that in the past when it was illegal, they are now forgiven those convictions. So why should pot convictions be any different than we're using, you know, some people are different, some people are not, and, you know, then the law isn't for everyone equally. Yeah, I think anybody who was convicted, you know, in the past should have their records cleaned. Oh, why not? Really? Really? Well, why not? I mean, like, if I had a joint 10, 20, 30 years ago and I got busted for it, it's following me around. Mm. You can't get into the States. You can't get anywhere for a simple joint. In Vancouver at the Olympics, I'm standing there. There's like six people smoking dope right in front of us, <laughs> and I'm standing beside two cops. And the guys go, you know, what's going on? And after the cops left, and the guys go, hey, it, nobody cares here, right? Unless you're carrying and dealing in pounds or mm. something. You know, an ounce here and there, they even have a saying, you want the best dope, ask a cop. <laughs> <laughs> Alberta Pete, thanks for uh, giving us a shout this afternoon at 4960063. And I'll, I'm going to be honest with you, I need to learn a lot more about um, this this whole issue, do a lot more reading, done some. Um, I'm, I'm cool. If you, if you want to use, uh, you, if you want to use cannabis, you, your edible whatever it is go for it let's do it uh legally um yeah and i'm for the legalization of of marijuana i do have concerns though and i will go back to this again about uh, job safety if it's heavy equipment that sort of stuff on, on different work sites and as well uh, with uh, with driving under the uh, under the influence, and I know that there's some tests um, testing mechanisms out there right now, but I want to see more more of that. So um, more of your texts.
coming in. I've used since I was 18. I'm 48 now. I'm so tired of the preconceptions uh, people have without having the facts. That's from Melissa. Uh, Debbie says, I've had sleeping issues since the age of 15. I'm now 58. Would use pot if legalized? (laughs) Weed causes psychosis? Does psychosis mean munchies? (laughs) 3.58. uh, We'll take a break here for the 4 o'clock news. Uh, After that, we'll take a, a look at sports, your weather update, and what's happening on the markets as well. Stick around. Hey, thanks, everyone. That's been an amusing hour. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.